Clap your hands one more time if God's been good to you. Come on, if you know he's been good to you, put your hands together and give him a praise. My, 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 I feel the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's try it again. You may be seated for a moment. Take two. Sometimes we got to sit down three or four times before it's all said and done. Come on, somebody, because all we do is start thinking about how good he is, uh, and something on the inside just keeps standing up. Amen. Anybody just thankful to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to again take just a brief moment to say what a privilege and an honor it is to have all of our guests in the house of the Lord with us. Would you help me one more time? Rock Church, we could do a little bit better than that. Help me make some noise for all of our guests that are with us here today. On behalf of this church and the absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, amazing, fly, supermodel, first lady. On behalf of her. <laughs> Sorry, I got carried away. We just want to say what a privilege it is to have you in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. If this is your very first time here at the Rock Church you should have received a VIP invitation card when you walked in this morning. It looks something like that up on the screen. If you're here and you did not receive one of those, just raise your hand and one of our staff members will bring one of those to you really quick. This is just an invitation for you to join us right after the service in our VIP room. We've got a, a special uh, gift prepared that we'd like to give you just as a token of our appreciation for you being in the house of the Lord with us today. We've got some light refreshments and so when the service is dismissed this morning if you'll make your way to the red carpet that's in the lobby there'll be somebody there to bring you back and we just want to get a chance to tell you how much we love and appreciate you amen would you help me one more time put your hands together for all of our guests amen amen and uh i also this morning uh want to give a great big welcome uh to a young lady who has been visiting our church uh, off and on for the past several weeks and through a, a set of circumstances and just divine orchestration, she has decided to make the Rock Church her home church. And we want to welcome Sister Jackie Laredo. Would you stand up, Sister Jackie, for just a moment, just so they could see you. This is Sister Jackie Laredo. Would you help me give her a great big welcome home from the Rock Church this morning? Amen. Amen. We're so, so grateful for what the Lord is doing. Uh, yesterday, two more people were baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, Raymond was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost as he came out of the water. Then Zariah was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission we ought to give God a praise for that this morning. Amen. Amen. And God is, is doing some incredible, incredible things. It is my distinct privilege and honor this morning uh, to welcome for the very first time uh, to the Rock Church. And I do not have 
a good answer from heaven as to why it has been this long. But it is so wonderful to have my elder brother, the angel of the church in Elk Grove, California, my brother from another mother. Would you help me put your hands together and give a great big Rock Church welcome to Pastor Miles Young this morning. Come on. Are we excited he's here this morning? Woo! I have, I have been acquainted with and known uh, by the young since I was a teenager. And, and he was a lot younger. And I think I met him either right before, I think it was right before they may have even had their first child. And um, I was just a young, new convert in church. And I remember this cool cat coming to preach. He was an evangelist. And every time he preached, the Holy Ghost would move so powerfully. And uh, then the Holy Ghost get to moving, and he'd go jump on the keys and sit down and start playing the keys and singing. And I thought, man, this brother got the whole package. I mean, he's so anointed. He makes the world jealous. I remember one time he sat down on the keys, started singing, Lean on me when you're not strong. See, I thought that was the word. That ain't the world song. The church, the church owns songs about. And uh, anyway, it has been many, many years. And over the years, God has uh, given me the great privilege of being connected to him in greater and greater ways throughout the years. And he has been a friend to me, a very, very dear friend, and a voice of confidence. And uh, when, when the announcement was made publicly that I was going to be leaving to evangelize full-time, he was the first person to slide up next to me and say, hey, come on to the rock. And uh, what a vote of confidence. And... Um, Words would fail me this morning. Time would fail us for me to tell you, Brother Young, how much you mean to me. I love you very, very much. We've got a lot of amazing memories together over the years. We've, tra we've traveled around the world together in all kind of countries and places and done all kind of things. Some of them that we will not talk about in church. Uh, they ain't sinning things. They just, we ain't going to talk about them in church. And uh, I can't think of any greater thing to be doing together than to be right here in the house of the Lord with him this morning. I'm delighted he's here on purpose by God. How many of you know that he came with the word from the Lord in this house? Would you stand to your feet if you came hungry for the word of the Lord in this place? And would you lift your hands and your voice one more time as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to this house? Come on, Brother Young. We love you so very, very much. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of worship right now? Man. Hallelujah. You may be seated. It is my extreme privilege to be at the Rock Church. And uh, I will have to say that's the easiest church name to remember. Sometimes I get up and I'm, I'm starting to speak at a church and I can't remember where I'm at. But it's good to be at the Rock Church this morning. 
It has been a long time coming, but a change is going to come. I waited past midnight. Now I finally see the sun. Amen. Well, what I have heard about y'all, the half has not been told. Amen. IG don't do it good enough. Facebook don't reveal it. You got to be here to taste it for yourself. Amen. Man, Holy Ghost looks good on y'all. Amen. It is, it is such an honor to be here with uh, my, my good friends. We do go a long way back. And uh, I honor your pastor and his wife and these two anointed sons of thunder. Amen. I love them. We have... We have so many memories, but none of those memories outpace what God is doing in the ministry of your pastor and his wife, what God is doing around the globe. I, I'm, I've never been here. This is, this is my second time to Fort Myers, but it is my first time to ever be uh, in not only this building, in this church, period. And... I, I want to I want to just talk to you from my heart. You have had every every great apostle, prophet, preacher, evangelist come through here, and uh, I could I could come just just give you a, uh, a sermon. But this morning, not not I worked harder to get here than any of y'all. I regret my wife is not able. We were we were planning on coming together. And uh, we got up, we had our Sin Limitus Spanish conference this week, and I got home about 1 o'clock on Friday, or well, Saturday morning, after getting everything off and done, and packed, hadn't packed one thing, packed at 1 in the morning, got to bed, got up at 4.45, went to the airport with my wife. Now, my wife, I want you to pray for my wife. My wife made it all through 2020, the beginning of 2021 and never got COVID and then she got COVID in the second wave and uh, it it was it was very rough on her for a couple of weeks and then she got the rare after issue of her heart and uh, she has not been able to go to church for about a month and a half her heart will drop down to about 30 beats per minute and shoot up to 145 and uh, it has just wiped her out. And uh, she has just begun that climb up. And so we had our scene limit this conference and we headed to the airport, her and I. This was going to be uh, uh, a trip we were really looking forward to because the kids weren't coming and we had, we had the indigo by ourselves. And I was going to stop by the Rock Church while I was here. And uh, we got to the airport to find out our flight had been canceled. Uh, and we were connecting through Chicago. And because of the delay, uh, we were missing our flight into Fort Myers. And uh, then they said, we'll put you in a cab to San Francisco. There's a flight that will get you in. And uh, as we were working all that, 
it was beyond the pale of being able to get to San Francisco because by the time we would have got there, we would have missed that flight. And they said, we can get you there Sunday night at 9 o'clock. We said, well, that's the problem. i got to be there at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And before it was over, I think they were sending us through Dubai, then Mumbai, and then Manila, and then get here. And it wound up, I was able to buy a new flight and uh, got into Tampa last night after midnight. And your pastor uh, and, and his sidekick, thank you for keeping him awake because I wasn't. And, uh, we, we ate a fine Florida meal uh, from Sister Wendy's. with a vanilla frosty it wasn't no good who eats vanilla frosties frosty ain't no good unless it's chocolate Amen. And, and we got to the room and, and I'll tell you what I'm meant to be here this morning So I'm going to preach this morning. I'm going to preach tonight, and I'm taking the day off tomorrow. And if you take me to Wendy's, I ain't ever coming back. <laughs> Amen. I love what I feel in here today. I love what God is doing at the rock. Amen. If you have your Bible, why don't you go with me? We're going to go to the book of, of Mark. Uh, chapter 4 and then we're going to go to the book of Acts Amen I need you Lord I need you Lord right now Anybody need him this morning? I need you Lord I need you Lord right now I lift my hand bow my knees to worship at your throne I need you Lord I need you Lord right now come on if you know that sing, sing it with me oh I need you Lord I need you Lord right now oh Lift up those hands. I lift my hands and bow my knees to worship at your throne. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. If you love him, tell him you love him.
Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of worship today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I will say of the Lord, he is my strength. Amen. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 26. Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. And should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. In other words, there's stuff happening that you don't control. First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, look at your neighbor and say immediately, he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Now all that other stuff's happening, you, you didn't have anything to do with it. You planted the seed and then you, you just went on with life. But you got to be ready when it gets harvest time. You can't say four months and then cometh harvest. You got to be ready immediately. Look at somebody say, be ready immediately. Now let's go over to the book of Acts. Brother Sloss said we can't skip to the rest of the Bible without going through Acts. So I'm going to be obedient to the preacher this morning. We're going to go over to Acts chapter 17. And I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit this for a moment. This isn't a big part of the message, but you got to get this. Look at verse 16 or 15. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, receiving a command unto Silas Timotheus for for to come to him with all speed. That they depart. In other words, he said, "I need you here quick. I need you here quick." Now, while Paul waited, everybody say, "Paul's waiting." Paul waited for them at Athens. His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. In other words, he's waiting on the team to get here. Their plane's delayed. They got bumped through Chicago, couldn't get there, had to be picked up in Tampa, had to get a meal at Wendy's. And meanwhile, the apostles hung up. And while he's waiting on everybody, he's looking around and recognizes, man, this city's in trouble. And he was waiting on the ministry team, and it really wasn't a big part of where he was going to preach. It wasn't on the plan. In fact, he's ready to get to Corinth, but while he's waiting, I like that. You never know where God's going to have you waiting. I know you got other plans, but sometimes you got to act in the immediate. Now skip down to verse 23. For, he says, for as I passed, he couldn't help it. He just started preaching. While I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found to the unknown God, verse 23, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Now notice these next few verses. And hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Everybody say, all men, all nations. Be back here in October. You're going to celebrate that. 
He hath determined all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Don't miss this. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. That means he set the time, the appointed time, and the city limits where people dwell. Some of y'all didn't see that. God is working in the earth right now. Back in, back in the days right after Noah came off the ark, there was a rock and roll group that sang, we built this city on. I got five old people that remember. Let me tell you something. The city wasn't built on rock and roll. It wasn't built on industry. It wasn't built on finance. Your Bible said God determined the times and the bounds of their habitation. But let me, let me give you a clue. Why is he doing it? Look at verse 27. That they should seek the Lord. You know what God's doing in Fort Myers? He is bringing people from around the world. Not for a job. Not for an opportunity to make money. God brought them to your city limits at this time that they would seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him. Everybody say, if haply they would feel after him. And that's a very important little phrase because that's the job of the church, to stir something out there that draws them in here. Amen. I want to preach for a little bit this morning on this subject, the growing seed. The growing seed. Put your Bible down. Lift your voice and ask God to have his way in this house this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Hallelujah. Turn your neighbor, tell him, say, it's time to grow. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The verses that we read in the Gospel of Mark, within those four verses, are contained the only parable that is peculiar to the Apostle Mark. He is the only one that shares this particular parable. And it is obviously uh, for those of you that love the Word of God and like to make all of the connections, it is obvious that it is connected to the parable of the sower, where the sower went forth to sow. And uh, this parable by scholars has been labeled, though it's only four short verses, it has been labeled the parable of the growing seed. So I, I don't even have to try to create some cool title. I'm just going to take the one that everybody uses. Uh, and I think it fits more than adequately because it presents a picture of the growth of the kingdom of God. Let me just tell everybody that's worried about how bad the world's getting. The kingdom of God is not in trouble. Now, I know y'all live in Florida, and uh, God, God knew our nation needed a rock church on the East Coast and the West Coast to keep this thing together. 
All we're missing is one in the middle. Amen. If we get one in the middle, a threefold cord's not easily broken. We'll just take over this whole place. Amen. But, but we're out there on the left coast of the cereal state of the lands of nuts and flakes. And uh, there's a lot of people worried about our world. And uh, there's a lot of trouble out there, and there's a lot of chaos, and there's a lot of confusion. But I just wanted to remind everybody from the very beginning, the kingdom of God is not in trouble. The kingdom of God is not worried about what's going on out there because we found the answers in the kingdom. And this kingdom cannot be stopped. It doesn't matter what the political persuasion is. It doesn't matter what war is going on. It doesn't matter what pandemic comes. It doesn't matter what Hollywood says. It doesn't matter what government says. It doesn't matter what violence says. This kingdom cannot be stopped. In fact, it, it, it kind of, it, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. When, when you try to hit it, it pops up somewhere else. The kingdom of God has come and is breaking in. You ask, where is it? Is it in the, is it in the church building? Well, I, it's obvious we, we're here in the building today and it's here. But if you came and shut this building down, it'd pop up somewhere else. Because you see, it's more than brick and mortar and stages and lights. Because it's a living thing on the inside. You can, you can have an earthquake in Haiti or a fire in California or a hurricane in Mississippi and tear the buildings down and move the people and the kingdom springs up again. Romans chapter 14 and 17, the kingdom of God is not, everybody say it's not. It's not meat and drink. That's talking about ceremonial ritual. Everybody, everybody had their, their meat and drink. And the issue is they, they went through the ceremonial processes of their religions or faith or whatever. And he said, no, 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 that's not the way this thing works. This is not like some heathen religion that is dependent upon a ceremony and a particular temple where you come make obeisance. But this thing is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Ha, hallelujah. I'm glad to be a part of a kingdom that cannot be stopped. My dear friend, Pastor Stephen Allard, Raised in uh, the Ivory Coast of Africa as a missionary's child, as a teenager, one, a very powerful young man, Brother Afa, to, to the Lord, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, became a very powerful pastor. A few years ago, I watched as Brother Afa had sent to Brother Allard the pictures of their church, a beautiful edifice there in the Ivory Coast, Cordoba. And there, he was watching as the church 
church began together outside of that building as bulldozers came in and government forces came in and destroyed their church, tore it down, destroyed it. And I watched Pastor Williams, Bishop Williams, as the church gathered watching bulldozers, watching the destruction of their building. But you know what they were doing? They were standing, holding hands, singing gospel songs, and worshiping because they knew you can tear the building down, but you ain't going to stop what God's doing. And today, they're rebuilt in a new location and growing bigger and better than they've ever been. You can't stop the kingdom of God. Amen. Because it brings righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So today we're not here to meet a priest, not get a wafer, not drink some wine, not experience some kind of heritage handed down from generations. But we are experiencing the reality of a kingdom that is within us. Sometime back I was reading a book that in 2020 was the NUMA uh, book of the year. It was written by Daniel Ramirez. It was called, called Migrating Faith. And uh, I, I, I guess this may be somewhat unique what I'm going to share, but uh, I, I know everybody's into their history and their heritage. And, and let me give you maybe a little bit of your apostolic heritage that you may not know this morning. I am now a co-pastor of a Spanish church, and so I have, I have been exposed uh, to a deep, deep side of the apostolic faith that, uh, and stories that I had never heard because I grew up in a different part of the world with different, different heroes. And, and I, was, I, was, I have been amazed to hear the stories of how God has brought this gospel to the world and to people groups. And as I read Daniel Ramirez's book, Migrating Faith, I was amazed to see the power of the Holy Ghost in times of crisis. Everybody's real worried right now. And I read Ramirez's book as he begins to trace the evolution of Pentecostalism, particularly the apostolic movement, in what he calls the Chicano or the Mexican culture. And he traces it to a deep connection, hear me today, with the transnational growth of apostolic Pentecostalism and its response to war, revolution, pandemics, political opposition, segregation, and prejudice. And I thought, that sounds like 2021. Nothing has ever been able to stop the kingdom of God. And I got news for all you haters, ain't nothing going to stop it any time in the future. And as I read Ramirez's work, nothing could stop the kingdom of God. And it was, it, was, it was specifically based upon what God did in the apostolic Pentecostal church. They preached it and they sang it. In fact, Bishop, you'll love this part. 
They, he, he began to do his study, his doctoral thesis. He, he's writing and studying and writing his book. And, and he said he, he looked for traces of apostolic history. And, you know, everybody studies culture. Everybody studies uh, anthropology. And they study archaeology to find the history of people groups. And he said, what I discovered, there is a very real archaeology to the apostolic Pentecostal movement. And he said, you find it. In the songs, he said they were able to trace where the apostolic church went by the songs they wrote and performed. Because he said nobody else sang like the apostolics. They wrote their own songs and they were songs about the doctrine they had received of the revelation of Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I love it when an apostolic starts singing. You don't know it, but we're laying archaeology down. They became known as the Alleluias. Look at somebody say, you're an Alleluia. Oh, they use it as a, a, a derogatory term. Oh, you know, those Alleluias. And he said, I was literally able to track there was an apostolic church in that village. There was a, why? Because he found traces of songs that were written and sung by the apostolic people. He began to trace and begin to find lineage and families and connections. He traced this as it began to move that nothing could stop the seed. Everybody say the seed. The growing seed. Around the world, there, were, there are seeds that were seen and recognized in Wales, South India, Topeka, Los Angeles. Particular, Ramirez brings us down to a community called Sonora Town in the Los Angeles area today where employed. This is, this is your family. I'll give you a little family history here, right? Family that you haven't seen, but you'll see them at that great dinner up in heaven, the big family reunion. I wonder if we're going to have a t-shirt. Employees of the McNeil Construction Company that had hired Mexican workers. This was of that Azusa Street revival we hear so much about. As Seymour preached, the employees of the McNeil Construction Company were the first recipients of the Holy Ghost. And this group of Mexican men and women who were hired, many of them newly arrived into the Los Angeles basin, received the Holy Ghost and figured out we need to run with this message. And throughout the San Joaquin Valley where I live, south of the border, it ran north and ran south from that Pentecostal experience. Men, that the names that were new to me and maybe new to you, heroes that we'll meet on the other side of glory, Juan Navarro, Luis Lopez, Antonio Nava, Romana, a lady by Valencia or Valenzuela. They, they begin to sow the seed. Sister Valenzuela and Brother Nava were two key figures that begin to spread this apostolic faith. 
They were some of the very first before a royal Seiko. They had received the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name. Now get the picture with me. In Mexico, there was a severe political upheaval. That history proves that uprooted, pay attention, uprooted one million people. One million people headed north to the United States. Because of war that was going on and the extreme violence that was taking place in Mexico. No, I'm not preaching about 2021. I'm preaching about 100 years ago. Ramirez said it was a transnational movement. But he said, don't miss mistake seeing that in what looked like a big political movement and a big um, a surge of migrants was actually going to be a weapon that God used to spread the apostolic message. If you're interested in this, say amen. Civil war broke out in Mexico. And meanwhile, north of the border in the San Joaquin, it became known as agricultural capitalism. There was an opportunity. They fled. They needed workers. They came and crossed the border, legal, illegally. And, and people, hundreds of thousands of people moved in. And the amazing thing is, as they crossed the border, many of them began to meet people that were rolling out of the Pentecostal experience at Azusa. And throughout all of these little migrant camps in the San Joaquin, there were, there were seeds planted of the apostolic faith. People began to receive the Holy Ghost. They began to be baptized in Jesus' name. And just like in the book of Acts, then persecution happened. Political pressure swung back. Operation Wetback, as it was known. Some of you didn't know that was a real term. That was literally the term that was given. As now, people begin to fight and said, push them back. And everybody's caught up in the political shenanigans of the game as, as hundreds of thousands come. And then hundreds of thousands are pushed back. But you got to understand, God was in it all. The Spirit drove them out of Jerusalem. And here, they're moving to the north. And then they get pushed back south. And while everybody was concerned, God was saying, I'm going to use all of this. Come get the Holy Ghost, get the Holy Ghost, get baptized. And then sent back and revival began to spread. So it went from Azusa, went from Arroyo Seco, the, the, the Mexican Re Revolution, then followed by the Cristero War. And that was taking place and moving around and, and Cabellos de Colón and the Knights of Columbus and all of this is, is putting all this pressure and politics and oil and movement and all of those things. And in the mix of all that, there's a little guy named Brother Nava. Everybody say Brother Nava. I know we know other names, but you need, you need to learn a new name, Brother Nava. Brother Nava was preaching the gospel and going around from migrant camp to migrant camp. And he was going around preaching Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And he began to get death threats. He got arrested on a trip down in Mexicali. They put him in jail. But here was a quote. Brother Nava said, it provided with me, provided for me more opportunity for evangelism. 
He said, I was preaching in the migrant camps. I was preaching in the villages, villages of northern Mexico. And he said, they locked me up and they gave me new audiences that couldn't go anywhere. What are you doing, Brother Nava? I'm sowing the seed. Then political resistance began to grow. Because there was this thing known as the Spanish flu. Mm. Sound familiar? Does this sound like our world today? Spanish flu and tuberculosis. The Mexican president, Callas, had issued decrees that literally shut down churches. They were riding horses into Catholic cathedrals and having firing practice at, at the statues and icons and, and throwing people and war sprung up and it, it turned into a crazy time and everybody's concerned and everybody's trying to figure out what side is this going to be on. And, and then they started closing down apostolic churches as time went forward. And now the Spanish flu hits and they were closed due to public health concerns. Folks, this is not a new devil. Apostolic churches were closed. And in 1927, charges were brought against Pe Pastor Pedro Ceneceros, who pastored the Apostolic Temple in Mexicali. I quote, this is a quote of the charges. The religious practices of the Fe Apostolico de Pentecostes gives themselves to repugnant, fanatical acts. They act like crazy folks is what that meant. Contrary to the most elemental requirements of hygiene, they didn't want them gathering to worship. Quote, since prisoners of a type of spasmodic fervor, they affect contortions and roll about. They literally got accused of being holy rollers. They went to authorities and said, we need to shut this church down. They're causing problems and they act like crazy folks when they get together. They're a bunch of crazy holy rollers. are not known for their cleanliness or sobriety. They act like drunk people. Their meetings become, quote, true sources of infection with nothing edifying. Folks, the church has been here before. Now what's interesting is this book came out in 2020, but it was written before. The church was denied to open its doors, but it could not be stopped by politics or pandemics. 
While the Mexican Revolution was going on and violence and war, one million people fled north. But Ramona de Valenzuela went in. Everybody's coming north. She got on a train and went south. She went into areas where the war was going on. And meanwhile, Diaz, Madero, Huerta, Zapata, Pancho Villa, Callas, all of them under Carranza and Obregón, all of them are fighting. But meanwhile, there's a little apostolic lady that was going from village to village right in the middle of a war and rebellion and pandemic and she was spreading the gospel. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people received the Holy Ghost. I took you through a little bit of your Spanish apostolic family's history to tell you that the world has been in upheaval for a long time and it's been war and it's been violence and it's been chaos and it's been protests and it's been politics and pandemics but the church is still rocking baby. The church is still rocking. 100 years from now if the Lord tarries the church is still going to be Because the seed lives. Say, well, how does it work? I don't know. Your Bible said you don't have to. Go to sleep. Get up. Go to sleep. In other words, God's working while you're going about your normal life. And even when it don't look like on Wednesdays much happening and much is happening in your family, you just keep doing the right thing. Get up, go to work, go to bed, get up, put them up, lay them down, put them up, lay them down, get up, get up. Some morning though, some morning it's going to spring up. Well, how does it work? You don't even have to know that. But understand that in, in, in the silence, it's still working. The farmer doesn't go stare at the dirt. The farmer just keeps doing what the farmer does. He doesn't dig it up every morning, look at it, plant it. No, no, he plants it and he goes about his life. Can I tell Rock Church, what do you say we fill this place up? Y'all have already done pretty good on the bottom. Let's get that top up there full. How are we going to do it? We do what farmers do. We plant the seed. I like what he said. As he was waiting. I wish you'd start looking in your waiting moments. Well, my Lord, why am I stuck in this lobby for 30 minutes? Wait, it, God may have you waiting in that doctor's office for somebody next to you. It may be a cab ride. It may be a bus ride. It may be, a, it may be an appointment at work. Your, your job and mine is plant the seed. If we'll plant the seed, the earth bringeth forth of herself. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full ear of corn. It's a process. Don't be discouraged when they tell you no. Don't be discouraged when they don't come get in the Bible study. You just keep sowing the seed. 
You just keep sowing the seed. God works in process and time. And one plants, and you may never see it, but God may bring somebody else to water. But let God bring the increase. We don't have to figure it all out. What we've got to do is just start sowing seed like we've never sown seed before. I wonder what would happen, Bishop, if every morning every member of the Rock Church said, I'm going to spread seed today. I'm going to tell everybody I talk to. I'm going to plant a seed. I'll tell you what, I don't know when and I don't know where, but all of a sudden, section at a time, will start filling up. Because that's where God works. God works after we plant the seed. It's as if God doesn't do anything until we plant the seed. One plants, one waters, and God says, all right, now, y'all sit back. I'm taking over. And, and here's, here's, where, here's where God does his best work because he works in the mysterious. He works in the realm of the unseen. And so I'd like to invite you to church. We're having All-Nation Sunday, October 24th. 20th, October 20th, we'd love for you to come. Oh, well, thank you. And they throw that card on the floorboard of their car. And then, just so happens, somebody at the coffee shop says, hey, hey, good to see you, man. We'd love to have you. They go, well, there's a, there's a goofy preacher from the Rock Church again. And then they go home, and they go to bed, and we went to bed. And the Holy Ghost goes, and they're laying in bed. Rock church, rock church, rock church. They get up and go to work. And they're sitting eating their sandwich at Wendy's. Dipping their fries in their frosting. Hey. Oh, yeah. Are, are there fried chicken sandwich in that chili? Yeah. That square burger. Some of y'all don't like Wendy's. You cut the corners off. They're sitting there. They're just minding their own business and then. The Holy Ghost. They see some apostolic lady walk by and they go, well, that's some people. You see what God's doing? He's in the realm of the unseen. He's working in the, we, we can't do that. And then they just, they, well, I, I think I'll tune in online. I, I heard they got a website, and, and they pull it up, and, and, and boy, boy, they getting after it. And, man, look at those folks saying, where'd that preacher, man? Man, he sing like him. Oh, God, what? And, and they get intrigued, and then, and then the preacher starts preaching, and it's like, oh, you, you're talking to me? Who, who, did you call that preacher? Did you tell him about my marriage? 
You may be seated. I, I was preaching as an evangelist in Texarkana, Texas, and, and I finished preaching. The Holy Ghost was moving, and, and, and every, I mean, it was just, I mean, people was bouncing off the walls. We was having a Holy Ghost time. And a lady came, and she said, she said, Brother Young, could you come pray for my sister in the back? And I don't like doing that. I'm like, if you want to come, you come. I ain't going to force this on you. You know, that's not my thing. I, and, and, but I, I, out of respect, I said, sure, I will. And I went back, and she was standing there reverently. And, and she said, I, I asked him to pray for you. She said, I think about her head. And so I just took her hand, and I prayed. And, and, and honestly, I didn't feel nothing. Kind of, I was kind of half aggravated that she didn't come up there. To, but I prayed, you know, Lord, bless you. And I prayed. And patted her on the hand, God bless you. And I went back up. We kept having church, and about two or three services later, that sister came up to She said, my sister wants to know. I said, what does she want to know? How did you know about her back surgery? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where that came from. I read it in a book somewhere. She said, how did he know about my divorce and my back surgery? I'm looking at her. I don't know what you're talking about. She said, when he prayed for me, he prayed for me for my situation and named it. The only thing I can think is when I was praying, I was talking in tongues. And somewhere between my lips and her ears. In our church on one Sunday evening, the word of God had gone forth and we had one of those Holy Ghost moves. And there was a man struggling in the church, and he was he, he was a rebel. I mean, he was having issues. And Sister Wilson, his only sister, if y'all know y'all know Mother Wilson, Nanny Wilson, she give the Holy Ghost, and she's got the apostolic claw. And she got the mic and the altar call, and she got her hand on the head of a man and was praying for him. Meanwhile, back on the other side of the auditorium, over in the right in our old building. There was a young Chinese man that had come, a new immigrant to the United States. He had been raised in a Buddhist family. He didn't know anything about God. Had come to our church and had just begun to, to experience faith and had received the Holy Ghost. But he, he was in the turmoil of all of this stuff that's going on. His family's pulling at him and telling me he was in this crazy cult and all this crazy thing. And he was sitting back in the back and all this going on in his mind. Nanny Wilson didn't know any of that. And she began to pray for this man and had the mic and she began to pray in other tongues and while she was speaking she was speaking in perfect Mandarin and telling that young man everything he needed somewhere between the altar and that pew the Holy Ghost took over and began to do the mysterious work That young man is now the pastor of Asia Rock. God says, if you'll plan it, I'll work while you're up and down. 
I'll work while there's war and pandemics and confusion and protests and all of this stuff. I'm going to be working in the earth if you will sow the seed. But when the fruit is brought up, immediately, hear me, Rock Church, somebody shout immediately. This is where you have got to be ready. When harvest time comes, you can't worry about schedule and plans and comfort. Say not ye four months, then cometh the harvest. No, you got to act right now. When the harvest begins, it's all hands on deck. I know you had plans for the weekend. I know you were going out to eat with your friends, but there's a baby that needs help. You better take the coffee. Oh, see, this is where it gets us. We don't mind, you know, while we're just hanging out sowing seed. And we don't mind that go to bed, wake up, go to bed, wake up stuff and let God his, do his deal. But the trouble is, is when it's harvest time, you can't sleep in. Just, just come with me to the San Joaquin. All, the majority of everything produced agriculturally in the United States comes from the San Joaquin Valley. Massive, amount, the, the, the massive amounts of dairy, massive uh, amounts of fruits and nuts. It's all from that San Joaquin. And let me tell you something. When it is harvest time, they'll hire anybody that can breathe. They don't ask for papers. They don't ask for employment history. They don't ask for qualification. They just say, we got to get that fruit off that tree in that bucket in that truck and get it there because we've only got a window to get, and they'll hire him. But let me tell you, Rock Church, when it gets harvest time, we need everybody in this game. We need everybody. We need red, yellow, black, and white, young, old. Hey, I don't care if you made mistakes in the past. We need you to love that sinner. We need you to love that Yes, we need you to teach. We need you to reach. We need to be in the harvest. Immediately, he put us in the sickle for the harvest has come. We cannot allow the harvest to die. I want you to think about everything God has prepared for you. Musicians, come, I'm almost done. I don't preach near as long as your pastor. <laughs> Harvest time is where we are at. You and I have got to be ready to act. One of the things I love about y'all's Instagram page is it's like every five minutes y'all baptizing somebody. One, one translation says about Matthew 28, 19, about going forth, make disciples. 
one translation says, as you are going, make disciples. I want you to come back tonight. What time's church tonight? Are we having church tonight? 6.30. All right, 6.30. I'm going to preach about the banana man tonight. It's going to be part two. This is part one. Tonight, we're going to preach about the banana man. Y'all got any banana music? Chiquita banana. That's what I'm going to preach about tonight. But I want to challenge you. This is, this is what I felt to do this morning. Our job is to plant the seed. Let, let me, it, it's not, we, we make church a lot harder. Okay? I mean, these folks are doing all the work. Brother, Brother Williams, he's going to get the sermon together. Sister, they're going to run the staff. They're going to get all, they're going to practice. They're going to have all these meetings. Let me tell you what we do. We sow the seed. It, it's not that hard. You just tell your testimony. Well, I, I, don't, I don't have a doctor's degree in theology. Well, you don't have Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19. Can you say that? Acts 2? Acts 10? Acts 19? You're qualified. Go preach. Just go, just start telling people. Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, invite them to church. Or you know somebody in the church that does know that stuff. So what you are doing is you are networking with them. Say, hey, man, would you like a Bible study? Well, no. Well, guess what? You just did your job. You move on to the next one. But the problem is, is when we don't, when we go all week and we don't sow a seed. What would happen if every single day we just thought of ourselves as being apostolic farmers? And then let God go to work. And then when the harvest is ready, say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready when you're ready. I'm going to preach about that part tonight. But what I felt to do this morning is I believe God wants to make this church, or is making, he's already doing it. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving here. Look, look how cool that is. Man, that's too good to wipe snot on. Look at that little goal right there. Look like Pastor Williams. I'm going to have to lose about 50. Where'd that other guy go that used to pastor here? God, God's doing something really great in your church. I think the reason it's been eight years getting here is because God knew I just want to stay when I got here, you know. You get me a Jeep like that, I may stay, yeah. But I'll let you all in a little secret. As an evangelist, I married a California girl. And they judge everything by California. She hated everywhere except Florida. And we, all, we almost planted a church in Boynton Beach, California, we, or Florida. We, we love Florida, so I guess God won't let me come back here because it gets on me. I just, that humidity just starts, you know. But I couldn't help thinking this morning, 
I got up and rolled out. I threw my hat on so nobody would think I was a creature with my hair going everywhere. I started walking around. Got my coffee. I just opened up my Bible right in the coffee shop and everybody's looking at me. And I thought, it just feels good today. Feels good today. Something good's going to happen. And I felt like the Holy Ghost said, I, I know what my assignment is. I got here and I found out what my assignment is. Today we're talking about the seed. Tonight we're talking about the harvest. Okay? Seed time and harvest. So I need, I'm recruiting. I'm recruiting for the Rock Church Farm. We need some farmers. We need some farmers. Let me, let me tell you about farmers. In California, I know y'all hear about Hollywood. And Bel Air, the money's in the farmers. Them suckers are loaded. I know, because I, I, I'm a pilot. And I got friends that have their own commercial companies that they do nothing but fly for the farmers. And they've called me and said, hey, Miles, I got to do, do a kid run. What's a kid run? I'm taking these spoiled farmers' kids. Where are they going? Well, I got to take them to L.A. for a high school football game. They're flying their kids in private planes, picking them up in little redneck farm towns, dropping them down in the middle of Orange County. And when we get there, they got a Porsche Panamera for us to drive while we wait on their kids. I love farmers. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be a farmer, you got to have enough seed not just to eat. you got to have enough seed to plant. So if you're going to be a blessing to the nations, he's got to bless you. I'm looking for some farmers that want the blessing to flow. That seed just starts coming to you so that you can be a blessing to the nation. I'm opening this altar up right now. And we're going to make some commitments. God, I'm getting in this farming business. I'm going to become a seed planter. I'm going to begin to sow seed every day, every week. I'm going to spread this gospel. God, in the middle of this crazy world, you're going to use me. Brother Young, is that really what you're supposed to preach, y'all? Because if we get this revelation, think about the answers in your life. How many raise their hand and say, I got delivered from drugs since I found Jesus. Let me see your hand. Come on, hold your hand up. Come on, look, 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 look around you. Hold it up. That's your story. That's your testimony. How many people out there wish they were free from drugs? Your testimony is the thing that could set them free. In this room, in this room, there's people that you were suicidal, you were addicted, your marriage was broken, your family was dysfunctional, you've been molested, you've been abused. All of that had wrecked your life. But when you came to Jesus Christ, when you received the Holy Ghost, became a part of the family of God, the Bible says he setteth solitary in families. He takes desolate places and turns them into cities that are inhabited. He's done that in your life. If you can relate to any of that, raise your hand. 
folks, why wouldn't the world want that? I don't know who you're going to meet today. I don't know who you're going to meet this week. But I can tell you somebody's going to come in contact with somebody that's on the edge of suicide. There's somebody's marriage is just about to break up. There's somebody that's about to run away from everything and give up on life. And just in that moment, God's going to have his farmer say, that's fertile ground. Plant a seed right there. Plant a seed right there. Here am I, send me. You don't have to go to Africa or Haiti or Honduras, China. You can be a missionary to your neighborhood. It's an old story. Most of you probably heard it. It was a 30-minute cab ride from one end of West End to the other end to pick up a van to take my family who were on a five-day vacation on a little island in the Caribbean called Roatan. Pastor Johnny King and I were in that cab, taxi 314. 30-minute ride, and in the process, as we were going, I felt to connect. I began to witness to the cab driver. Taxi 314. I won't go into all the details, but before it was over, found out he had received the Holy Ghost but didn't know about baptism in Jesus' name. That was in May. Stayed in contact with him over the phone. Had a friend go and reach out. Nothing really seemed to happen. And that peak... The day peak started, or the day before peak started, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My phone rang, and it was from Honduras. And it was the taxi cab driver, Fidel. Fidel said, pause. That's what he says, pause. I said, hey, Fidel, you all right? Pastor, pastor, I need to tell you what happened last night. What happened? Went to sleep. said at 2 in the morning my phone rang hello there was no one there I laid it down and went back to sleep my phone rang again hello no one there who is calling me spoke and said it is me you are to obey Pastor Young you must be baptized in my name Pastor can you come to Roatan and baptize me me and Bishop Wilson got on a plane and flew to Honduras and I baptized him and Jessica and their niece in Jesus name and one cab ride. Now over 500 have been baptized in Jesus' name. Over 400 have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How? 
Just sow a seed. Just sow a seed. Just sow a seed and let God go to work. I don't know what cab you're going to be in. I don't know what airplane you're going to be sitting in. I don't know what lobby or coffee shop or work, dinner you're going to be in. But this week, sow the seed. I have never preached a revival for the sloths where 500 people got baptized. I've never done it. But in one 30-minute cab ride, all I saw was one Honduran chubby little cab driver. But what God saw was fruit with 500 seeds in it. You have no idea what you're planting into. In the middle of pandemic, crisis, politics, chaos, the kingdom just works. If someone will sow the seed. You that are here, would you raise your hands and surrender as they begin to sing today? Would you raise your hand and say, God, I'm available to you. God, I give myself to you. God, use me. I give myself away. I surrender to you. God, use me. Anoint my voice. Anoint my testimony. Come on, some of you may have already been, there's already been a seed planted and you're feeling God calling you to a deeper relationship. You can receive the Holy Ghost this morning. You can be baptized in Jesus' name today. God's wanting you in this big corporation. He wants you in this big farm he's running. He's going to feed the world the bread of life and he needs a team. Come on, join the team this morning. Here I am. If you can use me, Lord, here I am. Can you? An anointing's gonna get on you. God's gonna lead you. Oh, if you'll plant it, the wind will begin to blow. He'll send the water. He'll send the rain. He'll bring the sunshine. You plant the seed. He'll bring about the change. He'll bring the metamorphosis. He'll bring the process. Let God work in time, but plant the seed. Come on, cry out, make a commitment to him today. You can use anything, Lord. Come on, God's gonna anoint you. God, there's power in your spirit. There's power in the Holy Ghost. You've been anointed with prophetic utterance. God can put words in your mouth. God can anoint your testimony. God can anoint your witness. Don't be intimidated because you're young. Don't be intimidated because you're white. Don't be intimidated because you're black. Don't be intimidated because you've got an accent. You just act. You just speak in faith. You're a child of God. You're used of God. You can use 
Come on, press in the Holy Ghost. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. Get on you. There's an anointing that'll get on your mouth. It'll get in your heart. It'll get in your spirit. He'll make you a soul winner. Come on, plant the seed. Plant the seed. Touch my heart. 